As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi there, this is From the Rookery End, the regular Thursday edition with me, Adam Leventhal, the Watford correspondent of The Athletic as your host. Coming up, we'll reflect on Chelsea, we'll look ahead to Manchester City and we'll be digging into some of the key subplots at the club, mainly focused on injuries, let's be brutally honest, over the last seven days and uh, give you an insight into what I've been writing about on The Athletic with its dedicated coverage of Watford. Uh, you can head to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end to subscribe and take advantage of our latest offer. Uh, alongside me this week is Mike. How are you? Do you know what, Ad? I'm really good. Oh, <laughs> that's good. And Dave? I know. Considering we've just played Chelsea, we've got Manchester City to come. Yeah, I'm, I'm also in <laughs> relatively good spirits. Well, now, before we get stuck in to the, the footballing side of things. I'm sure that everyone listening, especially those that were at the game at Vicarage Road on, on Wednesday evening, will want, as we do, to extend their their praise for the swift action that was taken by all at the club, the, the medical staff from, from both sides, the stewards, the other medical services staff as well, to help the person that, was, um, that had fallen ill during the game in the upper Graham Taylor. And Mike, I mean, you were there as, as well in the stadium. It was... It was a moment where it was just like, yeah, football doesn't matter. Let's let's get this sorted. Absolutely. It was incredibly concerning. It became very apparent very quickly it was a serious issue. And I think at that time, you know, it, it puts things in stark perspective as to, as to where football is on the importance meter, doesn't it? And I think that those sort of moments where you, you're thinking about it, it gives you a bit of time to reflect. And I think that, that that's something we'd all do well um, to remember. But the other thing I wanted to say was you mentioned the people that helped there, Adam. I think there's lots come to light today that a lot of fellow Watford supporters were very, very swift and clear-headed in their actions um, and helped with the with the situation very, very quickly. And it's a difficult time at the moment, isn't it? And, and I think it just goes to show that people are inherently good. And, and, and luckily, we know that the, the, the man has made a, a decent recovery and is recovering well, thanks in, in no little part to the people around him. And I think it's, it's just nice to know 
um, in, in this difficult time that that people are when their chips are down, people are very very quick to quick to help. So obviously the most important thing is uh, a full and swift recovery for our for our fellow supporter. And yeah, just a huge thanks and and well done to everyone that was able to to make sure that the situation was uh, came to a to a happy conclusion. Yeah, absolutely, I, I fully agree. It was a it was a strange scenario, but thankfully, thankfully, uh, it seems to be progressing well for for the individual involved. Um, let's deal with the, the the football on the field, and it it was a game that probably everyone was thinking was going to end in defeat. But no one imagined that Watford would come away from it thinking, you know what? Oh, that's really disappointing. We could have we could have won that one. We could have at the very least got a point from that one. And and I wrote an article um about it for the Athletic, which which came out on Thursday morning. And ultimately, you know, when Thomas Tuchel is saying that they were they were lucky, they couldn't get a grip in the game. He didn't really know what to expect from from Watford, and yeah, he had, he admitted that maybe he got his preparations a little bit wrong. But you know that you've been moving in the right direction and you've been doing the right things. And I think that, I mean, Claudio Ranieri said it that he felt proud of his team. I was watching it obviously from a journalistic point of view, and I have to be yeah, mildly, you know, mildly non-biased, but. I felt bloody proud of of Watford and I felt that I was watching a side that had an identity, that had integrity, that were following through actions that had been set out on the training pitch and they did a bloody good job. Yes, there was a few imperfections, but on the whole, that was a very, very good performance and I think it it sort of bodes well, maybe not necessarily for the Manchester City game, which we'll, we'll talk about, but certainly for the remainder of the season. If they can keep that up, and this is what Ranieri said, they should be competitive, really competitive in, in the relegation battle. What was your what was your feeling after it, Dave? Yeah, very similar to you. I, I, I was really, really encouraged with the levels of performance because going into it, Chelsea were top of the league. I'd, I've seen them take a few teams to the sword already this season, although they have had a few sticky games lately as well. But you just, you, you just don't expect to get anything out of the game against a team like Chelsea. The European champions, the current Premier League leaders, a wealth of attacking midfield and defensive talents. And goalkeeping talents at their disposal, um, but but we we set the tone really early on, didn't we? From from the first minute, we were we were we were in their faces. We weren't letting them have any easy first or second balls. We were pressing as we have done more consistently in recent weeks. The crowd were up for it. It was under the lights. It was all coming together. We had a few early chances. Pedro had a, had one that nearly went in. King had some a few sniffs. Dennis looked lively. It just, you know, it, it was a great start. We set the tone. And what, again, was really encouraging was that even after Chelsea worked their way back into the game once the teams had come back out and got the first goal, not for the first time this season, we didn't let our heads drop. And we came back into the game again. We kept going. Dennis gets another goal. And ultimately, the game was lost due to... Perhaps a bit of tiredness on our part, you know, slight momentary switching off from Kiko, from Loser, from Sissoko in that move, which led to Ziyech scoring the winning goal. That is going to happen. It's really, really difficult to maintain your performance levels to such a high level over 90 minutes against the best teams. But I think we've got a lot to be happy about with that performance and it does give us big, big encouragement going forward. I don't think we should underplay it at all. I think up until, certainly until Mount opened the scoring, what was that, half an hour in, Watford were making Chelsea look a bit daft. 
they they were running rings around him. It looked like they had no idea of how to deal with with the pace of of, of how Watford were playing, with the strength, um, with the sheer relentlessness of the, of the press. When Watford had the ball, they were moving around quickly. When Chelsea had the ball, Watford were forcing them into into mistakes. It, and it was in the context of what we were expecting. It was quite quite extraordinary and. I just wonder, and you, Adam, you mentioned about details and, and the players doing what they're supposed to do. One of the interesting things was there were boos ringing around uh, Vicarage Road when uh, it, it became clear that Watford were kicking towards the uh, rookery end in the first half. But I think uh, we thought against United, perhaps United had made that decision. I, I think it's pretty clear now that that's something that we're deciding to do uh, with, a, with a view to building up a head of steam with this, with this press and to try and to, to get on the the upper hand and to, to discomfort, to discombobulate the opposition. And, and it's working. But in terms of a, a, an overall performance, as a Watford fan waking up this morning, it's very, very rare that I wake up having uh, with Watford losing and me waking up with a spring in my step. Well, well, I did today. Pride is the right word, but also excitement and, and galvanised for the for the for the coming fixtures, which are going to be really difficult and much more important to us, perhaps than this this Chelsea performance. I think all of them came out of it with credit. Yes, there were mistakes, but I really don't think we should underplay just how unsettled Chelsea were and how average we made them look because we did that to them. And I uh, hopefully the players are in the training uh, in the in the on the training ground today with their confidence massively boosted after that because they are showing now on a more regular basis what they're capable of. Application and ability. We're seeing both of it now and it's it's great. Yeah, and, and plenty of character uh, as well in, in that Watford side at the moment. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned about the, the fact that Chelsea almost looked a little bit ordinary and looked a bit set upon due to Watford's pressure. Simon Johnson, who's my uh, colleague, at The Athletic, and he covers uh, Chelsea very, very deeply alongside uh, Liam Toomey. Um, He said, you know what? I haven't seen a side do this to us, you know, attack and put pressure on on Chelsea since Manchester City were doing it. So it it shows that not many teams actually are willing to go toe-to-toe with Chelsea and take it to them, be on the front foot in possession, but also out out of possession as well. It's a it's a risky risk reward strategy, and you need to ensure. And we've discussed it before, especially with the Manchester United game. That if you are going to do that, it has to be joined up behind you. Otherwise, you're going to leave gaping holes, and you're going to leave a lot of space behind you. If everyone's squeezing up together, and there isn't any space for the likes of Mount to pop up in between the lines and things like that, then you've got a chance. And then you then look forward when you do get the ball. Have you got the players to be dangerous? And I wanted to just, you know, have a, a bit of a, a a word about Emmanuel Dennis because a lot of people were thinking, hang on a minute, we've lost Saar and there might have been a little bit of a deflated feeling. But I think we all know that he is the, the star turn really in that Watford side. And yes, obviously, cumulatively, when you haven't got Saar there and you haven't got him available or other players pick up injuries, you are going to miss him. And he is a gem of a player in his own right. And we hope that he is back, you know, in January or, or whenever that, whenever he's going to come back. But Emmanuel Dennis is, is you know, really stepping up now. What is it? Six goals, five assists. And just the way he plays, the fact that he, and this is what Claudio Ranieri said after the game, actually, he doesn't mess about. He's not a player that that sort of waits, stands on ceremony, and and yes, maybe sometimes his decision making isn't 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 bang on, but his main intention is to get the ball 
and attack. And that's maybe sometimes a criticism of, of Ishmael Assar, let's be honest. You know, there have been times when you think, oh, he's on the right-hand side. Go on, go on, take him on, take him on. Dennis always does it. And he's someone that really gets everyone up on their up on their feet. I mean, he he's such an exciting player to watch. It's It feels like a privilege almost that we've managed to snare him on not 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 a massive amount of money and we knew that it was a little bit of a, a gamble and i was i was actually reading back the piece that i wrote about him when he when he joined just to sort of look at some of the things that were being said at the time you know when he'd been been at bruges and even you know some of the people that i spoke to that had worked with him uh, at the nigeria international squad you know were saying you know there's a, a few little things about his character and stuff like that it's a gamble but so far it's paying off and it it's great to watch him, isn't it, Dave? It's looking like the bargain of the season in terms of the whole league, really, at the moment. If you think that he's a th- £3 million player and has now got 11 goal involvements already this season, which is which is right up there with, with some of the absolute best elite players in the, in the division. Uh, and it, it's been a joy to behold, really, his sort of... You know, there was the early signs against Villa and then obviously everything sort of went a bit awry for a few games or whatever. But he just sort of... The, the momentum has just gradually built for him, hasn't it, over the past sort of six or seven weeks. And he's he's a real threat. He's playing with confidence. He's We've seen him play in all three of the front positions now, from the left, on the right, through the middle. He's flexible. He's versatile. His attitude seems to be spot on at the moment. It's been interesting hearing a couple of the interviews that he's given after games and around games. He's clearly got a you know, real personality, a bit of bite to him. A few, a few expletives dropped into a couple of interviews that he probably shouldn't have used. But I like that about him. He's got character. He's really up for it. And... You know, there'll be... You know, Manchester City have got a few... I think they've got a few defensive injuries, potentially, at, at the weekend. So there might be one or two players coming into the team that haven't played that much for them lately. They won't be taking him lightly. They'll be worried. They'll be doing their homework on, on someone like Dennis and he'll have them worried. To put his, put his performance into, into context, Chelsea hadn't conceded an away goal in the Premier League from open play until last night. Um, Dennis, Dennis scored one, so he broke that duck. And really, we should have scored more and and a lot of that is largely down to the dynamism of of his performance i think what surprised me the most about him i don't know why but it it always it shocked me a little bit it's just his touch the way he's able to bring the ball down and 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 as adam describes get straight onto the attack straight away give the defender something to worry about whether it's on his chest he did that wonderfully a couple of times last night or or bringing it down with his foot get the ball under control and his first thought off we go. What nuisance can I make in the in the opposition box? And he did that against Manchester United, didn't he? For the for the Josh King goal, he plucked that ball out of the air, immaculate first touch, put it across the across the front of the goal, and 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 that that ball, that absolutely sumptuous little delicate little dink of a of a pass through to Sissoko just before half time last night was exquisite and high on confidence I think you'll find you know when we all know even as amateur sportsmen when things are going well things are going well and and your touch feels right but I, I, I do wonder whether he, he he probably relishing that that um that role if you like as the star of the team and perhaps with with Ismail Assar on the sidelines for a little bit he will recognize where where Watford fans and and where his team will be looking to for the spark, he's basically the main man in there at the moment, and I think that probably plays quite neatly into him into his psyche. And so, 
Yeah, we're we're reaping the benefits, and he's certainly people are making uh, uh, he's making headlines, isn't he? And I think that that could work in our favour, especially perhaps not so a bit optimistic. Um, Dave saying that Manchester City might be worried about him. They will be, of course, but but uh, from a more long term point of view. Other teams who are perhaps finding in and around us at the bottom of the table, who are perhaps finding goals harder to come by, might be sort of looking a little bit enviously at what we're creating and what we're we're doing. You know, Leicester on Sunday again. We probably should have got something out of that game. We created an awful lot last night. I, you know, I, I made the point we should have got a point. Arguably, we should have won the game really in terms of chances created and and the balance of play. So I think. Led by him, we're starting to look like a real, real threat. And yes, while we've got issues at the other end of the pitch, I don't think we can underplay how important creating chances is and scoring goals is in the Premier League, especially especially in a relegation dogfight. So hopefully the other teams are starting to think, right, we're going to have to adjust our plan to deal with Watford and, and perhaps think twice about the way they, they approach us because they know how dangerous we are going forward. I think that the knock-on effect as well from, from Dennis being so confident for the likes of Joshua King is is really, really important because he knows when he gets the ball, if he goes and he makes his run in behind, the ball is invariably going to find him. And you were right, yeah, pointing out the fact that when Sissoko came forward, he'd made the chance himself by turning away really well on the halfway line, Sissoko. He found Dennis and he knew he was going to get the ball back. There seems to be a great sort of confidence among the players that if they make that run, then they will be found. And that's really, really important. I wanted to just drop back into to midfield and, you know, just have a little bit of a discussion about Imran Luzer once again, because yes, we saw him do what he did against Chelsea, against Manchester United um, in that same role. There was, you know, a bit of a chop and change uh, against Leicester and, and both he and Tom Cleverley got taken off at half time and, and it was uh, Joao Pedro and Ozan Tufan that, that came on. Um, but it, it, it's looking good with Loser in that role and he doesn't seem to be taking a backward step at all now. And, and that is a real positive for that midfield, especially when you consider there, there have been significant injuries. Kutska was, was missing. You've now got, you know, proper competition, I think, in that in that three. But loser, I wouldn't want to see him not starting at all now, which is quite a tra- quite a transformation. Dave, yeah. he's he's coming good, isn't he? Finally. He, he is, he is. You're right all along, Ed. But yeah, <laughs> he he's obviously had a pretty slow start to life at Watford. And I think, as we've pointed out, to be fair, along the way, some players do take longer to settle for, for any number of reasons. He's found his way into the team, partly through injuries and, and suspensions, but he's taken that opportunity really well over the last three games. The Leicester game, as you say, was a bit of a a bit of a weird one, you know, with the with the, the three one or whatever, and it was kind of understandable that we had to do something to try and change it. But that the performance against Manchester United and the performance last night, you know, with the with the caveat, obviously I mentioned earlier on, I think he could have done a bit better for the for the goal that eventually won the game for Chelsea. But I was really imp- impressed with his ability on the ball, his calmness, his composure. There was just one little moment which just stood out to me in the in the first half where he he I think it was Kiko gave him the cut came back sort of cut back inside and and played the ball ten yards sideways inside to loser and the easy option would have been for loser to look up and maybe spread it along to the next midfielder or take it back to a centre back or maybe even switch it out to to Messina or Rose on the left hand side but he took the difficult option and that was playing a left foot little dink over the top of 
the Chelsea centre-back to Sissoka, who'd made a run in behind. It was a really difficult pass, but he executed it really well and put us in a good position. He's got that craft about him, which we have been lacking and we do lack elsewhere in that midfield. We've got a lot of strong midfielders, got a lot of tireless workers, but we don't. the, the rest of them don't really have much craft, but, but Loser does. And I think that's a really important role that he'll play for us in that team. But that combination is, is exciting though, isn't it, uh, Dave? Because we've got Loser, like you say, craft is a really, really good work, word. And he, he's another one that is just all of a sudden is high on confidence. Took a free kick, didn't he? There was, and he, he just had that steely look, determination. No one's going to take the ball off him. He tried with the rebound straight away. No second thoughts, no pussyfooting around. He looks like someone now who understands his, his role in the, in the team and feels enabled to do it. And I think what's great about that midfield is Earlier on in the season, when we were having very, very different conversations about this Watford squad, one of the issues we had was no one in that midfield, in fact, no one in the team looked like they wanted the ball. Not a bit of it anymore, especially in the midfield. And whether that is loser, who's slightly more, um, well, got, got that craft, like you say, or whether it's Cleverly or whether it's Sissoko, who are snapping into tackles, making a nuisance of themselves, then getting the ball and then doing something with it. All of that little clutch of players in the midfield now they know their roles and they, uh, they, they work together. They, they mesh together really quite nicely. And that's, that's where this whole thing is, is based on, really, this, this press with those guys making such a, a problem, really, for the opposition. So little time. And then when they do get the ball, you've got someone like Loser who is willing and able to try and pick a little, pick a pass, do a give and go, um, see, that, see that angle that potentially no one else would have done previously. So, I mean, it's, I'm having to catch myself here because we're talking on the back in a week where we've lost two games, conceded five. But, but arguably, I feel happier about this Watford side than I have done at any point in the entire season, even though it's off the back of two... Two disappointing defeats. We have got closer to the, the relegation zone as well, haven't we? That's the other thing. You have got to. We, we are absolutely right to be encouraged by the performance, not just not just in the Chelsea game, but the first half, first half really of the of the Leicester game going forward, at least in that one. And it gives us encouragement for games to come against the likes of Brentford, against the likes of Burnley, and other teams that we would like to be picking up points and beating. But this week, midweek, we are the only team in the bottom six who have not picked up any points. Every other team in the bottom six got a point uh, and leads of, of that group won, actually won against Crystal Palace. So we have inched closer to the team teams beneath us. Norwich are currently third bottom. So we, we have to underline the, the, the severity of the situation that we're in. It's all well and good playing really well. And hopefully the results come along with the performances. But we do need to get points. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I was going to jump in earlier there just to try and stop the, stop the negativity. But you have to remember, you have to remember, no one was budgeting for any points in these games. You know, against Arsenal, against Manchester United, against Leicester, against Chelsea, against Manchester City. The fact that we have got three out of the four games so far yeah. is probably no, more great. than we budgeted for. And... Basically, I remember Ranieri saying before these games, all I want is for performances to develop, for us to stick to our principles, to stick to our philosophy. And yes, of course, there will be a different tension. We won't be the underdog against, you know, all the other teams that we are going to come up against afterwards. But we will have these reservoirs, hopefully, of, of confidence to say, look, come on, we've done this before. And we're not going to be ha we're not going to have as much 
um, quality coming in the other direction. There are no easy games in the Premier League and all that sort of stuff, but they can take great confidence that if they do that against lesser teams, then lesser teams won't be able to deal with it as well. Now, what I wanted to just quickly talk about is, is unfortunately, another injury. And I wrote at length prior to the game about all the, the injuries and, and the knock-on effect for the likes of, of Saar and Nkulu as well, you know, potentially strengthening it at centre-back, maybe a free agent signing or... A, at the very least, signing a new defender potentially in, in January. The fact that Adam Messina went down with uh, the same thigh injury that he'd struggled with at the beginning of last season, um, and he's going to be having a scan, and the severity and the, the layoff time will, will be confirmed you know, relatively soon. It looks like he's going to be missing for you know, a, a good few months at, at, at least. I mean, fingers crossed, if, if, it's, if it's worse... Um, or if it's better than first feared, then then brilliant. And that is great news. But it's looking like Watford will have to sign a left back in January, maybe even a free free agent earlier. And it's my understanding that they want to go with a an experienced left back um, and someone that can step in and be, you know, be ready to go not bring in someone that is a, a development left back, let's say, to slot in behind Danny Rose. They want someone who can come in and play well. Because let's be fair on, on, on Adam Messina. He was looking pretty dicey earlier on in the season. But since Ranieri has come in, I thought he'd actually got a lot better. And he was blood and... Yeah, he's been, he has been trusted. And he's been, you know, blood and thunder. He's also been a good communicator, a good conduit from Ranieri out onto the pitch as well. And he's assumed that authoritative figure... And yes, look, he might not do everything perfect and he might be a bit of a bull in the china shop sometimes, but he's been working his nuts off both ways. And I think it's a real shame for him, obviously personally, to be missing, but also for the team as well, because he he seemed to know what his role was. If you take it back to the Liverpool game, <laughs> no one knew what was going on, it seemed, on that left-hand side. But yeah, we don't need to think about that Liverpool game too much, but... You know, it is a, it is a blow, but it does mean that there's going to be an extra sort of an extra thing that is added to that transfer activity list for the hi hierarchy, which does include helping that defensive unit, which which is gonna which is gonna happen. Mike, maybe just a quick word on on the defensive side of things for, for, for Watford, because let's be fair, they did they did do better against a, a high caliber opposition, certainly than they did against Leicester, which was very difficult conditions, but they didn't make as many mistakes and they seem to be refocused, I thought, against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, we know what the issues are. We know that the defence is probably substandard for, for, this, for, this, um, for this level. However, we've got what we've got and there's no point, there's no point moaning about it too much when you can, you can only put what you own out on, on the pitch. And I think you're absolutely right to make that point, Adam. Whilst potentially the goals would have been snuffed out by a better calibre of defence. As a unit, as a whole, you wouldn't look at us last night and say we looked absolutely appalling defensively, would you? So I think you have to give them credit where they came together, worked hard, stuck to their task, especially with with that early disruption. I thought credit to Danny Rose when he kept, when he when he came on. He he didn't let himself or, or Watford down at all. I thought they were in the main focused they were concentrated yes they got undone a couple of times but that's going to happen when you're when you're facing players of the caliber that they were they were playing last night i think probably the best in a backward sort of way the best tribute to them is that we only lost the game because of very small momentary lapses 
it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a completely haphazard performance which we have seen no previously. one ducked under so, a long ball and let it go behind them that's basically what no, you're saying no no yeah. and it and it kind of makes it all the more frustrating that we were undone effectively we but we weren't totally masters of our own downfall were we where we have been so many times before and i think perhaps that speaks to the growing belief the growing belief in each other, the growing belief in how they're going to play football, the growing belief in the head coach and the growing belief that they might be able to get some results against whoever they're playing. Because the other thing I'm thinking about while we're having this conversation is home to Southampton, home to Newcastle, home to Wolves, where the whole thing was just a dog's dinner, a dog's dinner that most dogs would have turned their nose up at. So I think we're making leaps and bounds across the pitch We'd, it'd be remiss of us to say that the defence is, is is anything other than in need of running repairs at the very least. But at least what they are doing is looking like they understand their role and they're, they're trying to stick to it. Yes, Truce can't pass the football. Yes, Kiko, Kiko gets caught out of position. Yes, Danny Rose has limitations. We know that, but we're where we're at and at least they were sort of operating at the, the higher echelons of their, their ability and their concentration and their focus. And I think... That bears underlining when you've got to do it for 90 minutes. You know, you look over on the bench and you've got Lukaku coming on. I looked at that and winced and I was in the stands. So when you know you've been having to be switched on for 75 minutes and then you've got him coming on, it's really difficult. So credit where it's credit where it's due. But the thing that mitigates against it currently, at least, is that we are scoring lots of goals. In the last three matches, we've scored seven and conceded seven. We're in the bottom half of the table. We are the joint highest scorers from 11th down to 20th. But yes, we've conceded. Only Newcastle and Norwich have conceded more than us. So, you know, goal difference is, is still OK for us. We, we've got a very similar goal difference to most of the teams around us. We limited that in the games against Arsenal, in the games against Chelsea, with only one, one goal defeats. And as we will come on to talk about Manchester City in a few minutes, I think we're in a position now where that has got to be in our thinking as well. You know, if we, if we lose by... By any one goal to Manchester City, it's probably a good result. Okay, well, we've put it off long enough. We're going to have to talk about Manchester City in a moment's time. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the Rookery End. So, Dave, I mean, let's be brutally honest. This is the one that we're all we're all wor- we're all genuinely worried about. However well we're we're playing, just just due to the the recent history, aren't we? Absolutely. the The aggregate score in oh, no. the, the games between Manchester City uh, and Watford in Guardiola's uh, tenure, thirty nine three in uh, favour of Manchester City. 
which is absolutely ridiculous. And oh, I'd, I'd learnt today after speaking with the guys on the Blue Moon podcast uh, that actually Burnley have a worse record than us against Manchester City in that time. So I suppose that's some very small, small, minuscule crumb of comfort. But what I was going to ask you, Ad, is do you know when the last time Watford beat Manchester City was? It's not. Is it the Ewan Roberts game when he scored like, a million years ago. It is. 4th of is March, it? 1989, we beat Manchester City 1-0 in yeah. the old League Division 2, so, so the championship equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I think it was on ITV. It was, it was, all the it big, was. It was the big match selection, yeah. Yeah. And you and, sco- you and Robert scored and it was 1-0. Yeah. Can we all you remember can, what we were wearing s- that day and wear it again <laughs> on this weekend? <laughs> yeah. you have to buy me some nappies then, I think, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always remember I've, heard, I've had voicemails from you, David Cameron Walker, that suggest you might need nappies <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what, on, sat- on Saturday? <laughs> Saturday, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I suppose it, it is an interesting one to, to deal with because it, there is emotion involved in this for, for Watford fans coming into to Manchester City matches. You know, obviously the last time, the last times we were playing them, it was, it's, it's been brutal, hasn't it? Everything has been, has, has been appalling. I know obviously you've, you've mentioned there the 39-3 under, you know, Guardiola, but you go back to the last three fixtures, which are the, the freshest in everyone's minds and, and the 6-0 FA Cup final defeat, then I will never forget the feeling of, of being sat at the Etihad and it was what, you know, 15 minutes in and we were already 5-0 down and then it went on to be an 8-0 defeat and that was, you know, Kike's second game in charge and you thought, oh my goodness, what has, what has happened here? And then, you know, the association with the, the last time that we played Manchester City was when we were thinking, if we could just keep the score down, this might actually help our goal difference and we might be able to stay up on goal difference if we could just keep it down. And it was four in the end. And that was almost considered a <laughs> some sort of slight, slight improvement, only losing 4-0. But I suppose now the fact that we're able to come into it with a bit more of an identity um, and, you know, try and try and do what we did to Chelsea, to Manchester City, that's going to be difficult because I think obviously Manchester City have, I don't know, maybe more more adept players to play through a, a press. That's almost like their their mo. That's what they do. So they will be well prepared. Pep will have had a warning from you know their current title challengers in Chelsea to go right. Well, we need to be on it with Watford because this is what they're going to do, and they might might be able to unpick us in a different way. But I think, you know, you can now look at this game and think, okay, let's banish the memories of the past. Let's not think about how many it is going to be and try, try and be positive going into it and think, look, this is just 11 blokes against 11 blokes. Yes, their team costs a billion pounds. Ours doesn't. But, you know, we we might be able to do something. Is this sort of pie in the sky thinking? Are we just all all just having to think, right, well, let's just get this one out of the way and then we can kick on to to some of the lesser lights in the Premier League? Or or is is there a genuine feeling that maybe, maybe it, it might be our time? Mike. I'm going to grab. I'm going to grab my negative crown back off DCW, who's been wearing it quite proudly, I think, for the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's done a very good job. Well done, mate. But I, I, I think we. I, I just can't see any any other way that we're going to. Did you think we had any chance against Chelsea? I, I didn't. No. And but what I will caveat it with is that 
after about 70 minutes last night, I thought Watford looked very, very tired. And I thought we looked increasingly... Yes, we had a late flurry with the corners, but they were they were knackered, is, is I believe, the, um, the official term for it, as a result of their incredible performance. They ran themselves into the ground. It was... I don't know what the time was when we came off the pitch last night. That's Wednesday. We've now got a couple of days' recovery to play against Manchester City. They're tired... Um, they're a, a, a thin squad due, due to injuries and add that to the fact that you quite rightly made, made add I think Manchester City the way they play is to find the space and to make you chase shadows so and they've done it incredibly successfully as we've as we've spoken about already you know the last games alone 18-0 in the last three games let alone 39-3 over over Pep's tenure so they know what they're doing and they have done it to us time and time again. So I just wonder whether the fitness levels mean that we're going to find it, you know, as hard or harder perhaps even than usual, because the way that we've negated or mitigated against our defensive concerns has been to play the game in the opposition half. And and we've, we've managed to do that to a, to a degree. And we've been positive about the Leicester game, positive about the Chelsea game. Ultimately, we've lost them both. And now we're, we're, we're playing probably our kryptonite in terms of the way they play, I think. So, you know, look, I share everyone's confidence that we, this might be the time that we, that we are able to stem the flow and that we are able to somehow put in, at long last, a competitive performance against one of the best teams in Europe. But I do think, once again, the odds are, are very much stacked against us. That, of course, may play into into our hands. A, a raucous vicarage rose, um, players, again, with something to prove, with a bit of confidence, knowing that nothing's really expected of them. It, it could light the blue touch paper for another memorable day at, at vicarage road. If you want to make sure, of course, that is the, it's the case, get on Airbnb and book me into somewhere for, for a weekend and I will I will stay away. That offer still stands. So, look, we're, we're, mar- we're up against it for a whole host of reasons, but... I, I can't be fully commit to the negative side of things because I'm with you guys. I just think what we've seen has been a team, quite frankly, that we can sort of love and get behind again. And the reason for that is because of the effort, the application, and they're making it fun again. So with 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 that in mind, I'll, I'll be heading to Vicarage Road on on Saturday with a, with a spring in my step. Definitely more in hope than expectation. But they've shown what they can do if they can if they can maintain that level and push it perhaps a bit further. Who knows what can happen? Well, let's look at it from the Manchester City perspective. As I said, I spoke to the guys from the uh, from the very good Blue Moon podcast earlier today, and I was giving them my thoughts ahead of the game. But I, in turn, I heard what they had to say. And look, perhaps this is sort of the natural pessimism of football fans. But but none of them were like massively confident in it, that they were going to come to Vicarage Road and just turn us over. They're all looking at injuries like like we are. They. De Bruyne is likely going to be out and, and has had a really stop-start season this season. Stones is likely to be out, a good performer for them this season when he's played. Gundogan looks like he's going to be out. A, a, a player over the last year who's popped up and scored important goals for them. Kyle Walker, a model of consistency. Uh, uh, their, their fastest defender, who would be the one that would deal most effectively with our quick attackers, looks like he could be out. So, yes, the, the replacements for all of those players are all world-class in their own right. And this, it does doesn't necessarily effectively balance the scales 
but it does give us a few little chinks in the armour to potentially look at in the same way that we, we should we should recognise that Chelsea did not have their first strength team out against us on Wednesday night and that enabled us perhaps to just worm our way into the game more than we would do if they, than if they had the absolute full tilt 11 out and I think a fast start will be really important in this game as it was against Chelsea. You saw what conceding a goal early did against Liverpool. You saw what conceding a goal against the run of play early-ish against Leicester did. If you concede an early goal against City, I think they'll dominate the game. It'll be a walk in the park for them. We'll probably lose 3 or 4-0. If we if we go at it like in the same manner, even though we might be tired, and we, and we give ourselves a chance and a foothold in the game like we did against Chelsea... Like we did, like when we came steaming out of the blocks against Manchester United, then we will have a chance. I still think we might lose the game, but I am as confident as I could be going into a City game. And I think we might lose, but I think it'll be, you know, maybe a narrow defeat. And it sounds ridiculous, but you kind of would see that as progress because we've been so hapless against them. You'd see taking the game to them and emerging with only a one or two goal defeat as. Well, okay, fine. We move on. You mentioned about the, the the personnel, but also they will have themselves. Whilst we will have, you know, a positive performance against Chelsea, they will have fresh in their mind that they were two nil up and, and pretty much cruising against Aston Villa, who then, with a rocket from Steven Gerrard, not not literally, obviously, not you know, from a rocket at half time from Steven Gerrard, they were up against it, and by all accounts, Aston Villa did did push them, and you know, they ran them ragged as well. So. I think, you know, in terms of the turnaround for them, it's it's equally as, as difficult, I suppose, for, for them as it is for, for us. So, you know, there are there are little there are little frayed edges for, for everyone. Obviously they their squad depth is, is ridiculous and all that sort of stuff and they should be able to deal with it. I suppose it's disappointing that they've got RB Leipzig coming up. Uh, a few days after in the Champions League, there's nothing riding on that game, so they can prioritise this Premier League fixture over that one. So, but they do have to fulfil both fixtures, so they do have games piling up themselves as well. So let's keep everything crossed. That maybe yes, we can escape with a minus two or three, <laughs> three, uh, something like that. That would be that would be quite that would be good. We've earned the right to go into this as upbeat as is realistically sensible. Yeah, I absolutely. think I think I think we've earned the right to go into it not fearing a a seven nil drubbing in in reality. Watford are looking good. We're going to beat them eventually. We will, and we just—it just—we just will. The worm will turn. I know it hasn't turned since 1989, but I mean, it's, you know they're the only top team in the Premier League since we've come up that we haven't beaten. We've beaten all the rest at some point or another. So at some point it will happen, surely. And maybe, maybe it'll be this week. I was going to say, if the worm does does turn, perhaps we should sign him and put him at centre back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do right now, Go on. and I think I've I think I've nailed down what's going to happen and how we're gonna we're gonna break the hoodoo. I'm going to send you you and Roberts's address, and you can go and watch the game around his house. Just don't go to Vicarage Road. Watch okay. it with him. Sit on yeah. his lap. Whatever. I don't know. Score a goal in his in his gap, gap between his teeth, or whatever. Whatever you want to do, and uh, everything will be fine. He's got he's got a nice, lovely, big ginger beard as well. I think he's got it at the moment. But anyway, and he's a lovely guy. So that's it sorted. Mike, you're not going to the game. You're going to you and Roberts' house. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. So there we go. We're all going to be back at Vicarage Road on Saturday under the lights as well, which is always, always even more exciting. And yeah, let's go. Let's go in hope. Maybe not expectation, but let's go in hope and get behind uh, Watford on Saturday. Obviously, you'll be able to read about uh, whatever happens on The Athletic. And if you want to subscribe, go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end. And the boys will be back with the regular Monday episode of From the Rookery End after the game, and they'll be picking it apart. Um, Mike, thank you very much. Come on, you old. He said, sat on you and Robert's lap. And Dave, thank you to you. Cheers, guys. Oh, and thank you to you is actually one of the best things about Claudio Ranieri. When you say thank you to him, he says thank you to you. And that is a nice way to end. He's a gentleman and we're enjoying watching his team at the moment. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon. Fingers crossed for Saturday.